This is Chelsea Fournier, aka your Routine Queen. I believe that every aspect of running an online business can be broken down into a routine or ritual that you can create, master, and either love or delegate to someone who does. I help lightworkers build or rebuild the foundation of an online business that will be able to scale to consistent 5K months, 10K months, and beyond. You too can run an online business for purpose and profit, helping your sole clients without putting yourself on the back burner. If you are a sensitive soul, an empath, a healer, a guide, and you want to make a huge impact but don't want to lose yourself in the process or subscribe to the hustle culture of most online marketers, I hope you stick around. Let's jump into this episode together. Welcome to Your Routine Queen podcast. Today is a beautiful interview feature with Kelly Dobb, and she is the highly sensitive CEO. After working in the creative industry for her entire career, Kelly has really reinvented herself after having being at the peak and having success in a prior business, started to realize that she was winning awards, speaking on stages, but then just felt like something was wrong with her. And so if any of you are listening, feeling like, shouldn't I be enjoying my success, depending on where you're at in your business, if you're feeling like you're almost overwhelmed by your own creation or not sure why you can't keep up with the speed of what you want to do to get to where you want to be, Kelly's going to bring some really great insight for us today. So Kelly, thank you for being here on your Routine Queen podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yay. So I feel like we should just start with, with your story. So tell us a little bit about when you say that you were speaking on stages, awards, big email lists, like tell us about that phase of being an entrepreneur for you. What were you doing? And then at what point did you get to a place of feeling like you were overwhelmed by your successful, like outside looking in creation? Tell us a little bit about that discovery for yourself. Yeah. I should first say, I never really set out to create a big business. That was never really my ambition. What drove me actually was to be perfectly honest, was scarcity. Like I had a family I needed to take care of. I had been laid off from my job in the events industry. And it was one of those situations where I was working to provide for my family, to make sure that everybody was okay, to make sure. And I'll share a little bit more about the emotional background, but I was working really hard. And as a result of the hard work and the free resources and the energy that I was putting into the business, it grew really quickly. In the span of just a few years in business, you know, more like four full years in business, I had gone from writing a blog to doing VA work for people to becoming sort of a top leader in in my industry and speaker. And, you know, at that point I was spending a lot of time on the road. I was spending a lot of time in consulting sessions. I was doing a course. I had a membership program. It was all there. A lot of arms of like things that you can do. Yeah. yeah. And it had sort of evolved, right. You know, and, and by all accounts and to be perfectly honest, I could have kept yeah. going. There was, there's nothing wrong with the business itself or the education or the content or my consulting. The problem wasn't the, wasn't what was being put out. The yeah. problem was how I was feeling, putting it out. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like I was just so, I was so completely overstimulated and overwhelmed by what I had created, how I had created it, the sort 
sort of monster that you sort of create out of this thing. And I was feeling overexposed. Like, have your kids touched you too much that day? Oh, touched <laughs> out. Right? Like, yeah. like, okay, I can't, I can't do this anymore. It was just like, and I was I love you, babe. Messages. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it just literally was like, and I really couldn't, I didn't know why. I mean, I had grown mm-hmm. up in a home where, you know, our doors were open all the time. Mm-hmm. My dad was in, you know, in the ministry and my mom was. So it was, we were used, to, I was used to this sort of way of mega churching, right? Yeah. And yeah. and so it seemed like I should have been okay, but I wasn't, I really wasn't okay. Yeah. And not only did COVID, as you know, COVID blew up the wedding industry and the event industry sure. completely. Sure. I had clients that came to me and said, I lost a million dollars in one night. Like, wow. I mean, it was, so yeah. we sort of stayed in that space, but what it did is it really allowed this like pause in my life mm-hmm. to, to really look at things much more intuitively and intentionally and slowly and say, okay, what is working and what is not working? Like how, and, and why am I feeling this? What is wrong with me that I am feeling this way? And it really, and, and I should also say that by the end of 2019, I was already, I already knew this, like I knew what was going on. I knew things needed to change. I was already on my own spiritual journey and personal development journey. So like I had already sort of started the work and, you know, as they say in your spiritual journey, you'll start letting things go and things start to go and go and go. And I had friendships that had passed and I had, you know, like these things that I'd always thought would be in my life that were just now gone. Wow. So it wasn't a surprise that things had to go out of my business, but I didn't expect that I would completely level it. I, I've never done that before. I've always only grown, taken a step further, or maybe like taken a step forward that maybe niche down to a higher level of client, or yeah. I've done that for years. What I've never done is leveled completely. Wow. And so how long had you been working for yourself at this point? So 2019, we're envisioning you getting to this place of like, something needs to change. How long had you been building that business? So I started that, we'll see, I owned a wedding planning consulting company for 20 years. So I had always worked in the event industry. And then my actual corporate jobs were in event industry spaces. But Mm. I took those jobs, not because I, you know, I couldn't work for myself, but because I wanted to learn the -hmm. backside of the industry, what was happening behind the scenes, those kinds of things. And those really allowed me to take on a different level of understanding. So first with properties, venues, and then with catering companies so that I could understand it at a different level. So I never, I never really didn't work for myself. I was always doing events. So for 20 years, and then that business from the time of inception was a full, like five and a half, almost six years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so you get to this place before we started recording, you were saying there was a point in time where you had like a very large email list and subscribers and even traveling to do 33 engagements of speaking in a year. That's like almost one a week. And so you get to this place and I've I've heard you say a couple of times, like what was wrong with me? Right. And so how did you really start to discover or come more in tune with what it means for you to be a highly sensitive person? Yeah. So I was actually at a 
this sounds silly, but I was, the conference was over. I was in Tampa, Florida. I was sitting at a Panera um, having breakfast or whatever it was. And because conferences never have good coffee. So I was like really just happy to sit there and enjoy a coffee that was worth drinking. And I'm sitting there and my phone starts buzzing on the table and it's my flight and I'm my flight was canceled Hmm. and they don't have another flight for two days unless I can get to the airport in the next hour okay well I wasn't that (laughs) far from the airport but I didn't have gas in my in my car my stuff was all out because I was working and writing and things like that and so I remember the feeling that was like my whole body, my whole nervous system was just like, like, like I couldn't, and I shoved all my stuff because I cannot imagine, first of all, trying to tell my children, I'm not coming home for another two days because they were already, you know, like, okay, mom. And so I get to the airport, I throw all my stuff in. They had to check my bag at the gate because obviously they can't. And I was like, why do people like, can you actually do this to people within an hour? Tell them that their flight is canceled, you know? And I I was so mad. And I remember sitting down at the, in the chair when it's all over, I'm all checked in and everything. And I'm waiting for the flight and I sit down and I started counting. And I realized that I had been away from home more that month than I had been home. And I realized that my husband had taken his vacation days Mm-hmm. to care for our children while I was gone and so I didn't mm-hmm. he didn't have time now like to spend time vacation <laughs> and I was yeah. like this is absolutely insane mm-hmm. the way I feel that these things and so I knew that that would have been like October November of 2019 and I knew things had to change what I didn't realize is that COVID would come in and sort of tidal wave and not allow me to sort of slowly take away the things that I wanted to take away it was a big deal when I closed groups and communities and you know and I first tried shifting things a little and I was like this isn't it either you know and so it really took a lot of um energy but it was during COVID I was walking in a bookstore Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'd been doing a lot of personal development work and I really realized again that I love to read. Um, mm-hmm. It's not something that was ever part of my life really because I couldn't find enough peace to sit still and read, right? And I had sort of started adopting more slow living practices. We had redone our home and, you know, not, we didn't knock anything down. We just refurbished it and made it look like what we want it to be. We decluttered everything. I decluttered my business. I had done a lot of work and I was walking through the bookstore and I saw this book that said the guide to the highly sensitive person. And I was like, wait a minute, hold on a second. So I took the book down Yeah. and you open up in the first couple of pages and there was like a checklist of like things that make you a highly sensitive person. And I was like, Check, 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 check. Oh, so and I've never heard that term before. I'd never heard the term before. Interesting. Okay. Ever. And so I came home. Of course, I devoured the book. I went and got yeah, the next I book. I think I have the, the same one. The <laughs> yeah. And I I mean, I, dev- I kept devouring like, like all different kinds of content. And it, then it yeah. started to occur to me the more I learned that um, my clients were highly sensitive people. So I started polling my clients. I was like, wait a minute, this is the, the, the missing piece to my consulting sessions, this little piece, because it, 
it's not new for me to say to someone, we'll do it your, your own way. But it's also new for me to say, I'm going to do it my own way. I'm not going to follow the marketing trends and I'm not going to do this. And, right. And like, I would encourage people and even the advice and the consulting that I was giving people was very HSP like, right? Like, well, you know, you don't have to this and you can try that. And like, and I realized, so I started pulling my clients and 80% of my clients were HSP. Wow. And I was like, okay, all right. So that was really when I really, and I started interviewing friends and the people that I was closest to in business, you know, everybody has those business besties or whatever. And I started talking to them and they were also HSP. My husband's HSP, my kids are HSP, right? So like all of these things I had sort of created around myself, a lot of the coping mechanisms Mm -hmm. that I had created to deal with the life that I had made, like I would go a week and then crash, like turn my phone off. Don't talk to me, leave me alone. You know, I realized that I'm an introvert. I realized that I'm very, very empathic. So when I go to these things, I pick up people's energies. Yes. It's what makes me a great consultant, but it also taps me out energetically. And I had to realize what was happening to me. And once I realized that I was an HSP and my clients were HSP, it was like, that was it. I was just, I just own this. Yeah. (laughs) I'm, I'm never literally never afraid of owning something like that for sure. Like that doesn't, I don't, you can call me sensitive all you want. It will not hurt my feelings because it helps you to understand why I do the things the way that I do them. And it's up to you at that point to choose whether or not you are okay with that. Not me. Like, and it just gave me this new level of permission Mm -hmm. to sort of live my life the way that I wanted to and the way that I felt was right. And my mom is on the complete, uh, she's an eight on the Enneagram scale. If you guys know all of that, she's a full on out there, like, you know, she'll die if she doesn't have. And I realized that I had been trying to live up to a standard that I didn't even create for myself. It was created for me. And so I just let it all go. I I mean, it sounds silly, but I really started asking myself, is that me? Is it real? Do I actually believe this? Is this true? And then when I would write my offers or I decide what I wanted to do or talk about or market, I'd be like, is this true? Is this real? Is this actually what I believe? Do I need to do that? No. Okay. Then I'm not doing that. Um, and I just basically, I killed it all. I killed live launches. I killed the overblown email. I literally just deleted it all because, well, first of all, I learned that my energy, the things I give my mind and energy to is incredibly valuable you know, we talk about time and how time is like your unrenewable resource. I actually think your energy is even more valuable than your time. And that was when I really started looking at how I lived my life and creating a way to flow through my life without having to meet everyone else's expectations. Wow. And so if anybody's listening, I know that some of my clients who are wanting to launch an online business Part of the reason they don't and they're holding themselves back is they think it has to feel like how you felt, like doing everything, having the big list, feeling disconnected, like disconnecting from your own needs. And I teach an aligned decision-making framework of how to grow your business. And the N is your needs. And for HSP people, if you've gone through my decision-making, like your N need could be your financial needs, but it absolutely can be your energetic needs. And um, instead of making excuses, 
making accommodations. So you can make an excuse to say, I'm a highly sensitive person. I can't have an online business. Or you can do what Kelly is doing to say, I am a highly sensitive person and I'm making accommodations to only make offers and only be showing up now in a way that's really authentic. So I really, I just wanted to highlight that's really, uh, it's so brave of you because you could have just said, okay, I have this big business and I feel disconnected and now I'm more aware and not made changes. But you yeah. like you use the word, you know, blow up or deconstructed or shut down. And so you really like walked away from something you had created. I'm sure you cared about for What's a long really time about creating to me is that I didn't actually lose any of my real clients. They didn't hmm. stop. You know, like you would think yeah. that when you blow yeah. up a business that you would that you would expect that what I lost was the people that were energetically taking something from me and not giving back. Wow. Right. So yeah, I closed a, a what by all accounts would have been one of the largest spaces in the event industry. Um, I closed it without a second thought because um, that wasn't that they weren't buying from me. Yeah. Right. So it, wow. it, they were just, and, and, and again, you know, like you can't say that growing community doesn't bring you things like notoriety and visibility. It does, but what it, what, but the take is also high as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Wow. And it's my own fault. I take full responsibility for not prote protecting myself energetically, but I also realize that, um, that we've created this environment in so many online businesses in this space where we feel like we have to be giving at some capacity yeah. all the time. Add value, you know? add value, add value. Yeah. Well, and, when do I get value back? <laughs> and, and, and it's not sustainable because at some point, the next time you make another guy that you're giving away or trying to get more emails or like, let's be honest, guys, you know, people say, okay, we'll give more, do something else, do another webinar, do this. Guys, the same 25 or 30 people are going to sign up for all your webinars. And then you have the same repeating email list. And I just was like, I'm done. I'm not going to do this anymore. I want people that will invest. I want people that not just financially, but energetically yeah. in the message, because what I have to say for highly sensitive entrepreneurs, it, literally, it's not easy. None of it is like, oh, that's a fun marketing tip. Like, you right. know, hey, make sure you post your reels at, you know, 632. Right. That, like, that's stupid. Like, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, that literally nobody cares. But all that to say, you know, when you're looking at how do I, how do I actually energetically heal, re reset and repair my business? Yeah. It literally has nothing to do with your email list or your, yeah. your Facebook group or your, it, none of those things, the things that are wrong with your business are things that are wrong with you. And I, and I hate to say that something's wrong with you. What I'm saying is yeah. you haven't dealt with whatever it is that's showing up in your business. This is especially true for creative entrepreneurs, people that are online business owners, where it is your business is a pure reflection or, um, you know, sort of projection of what's going on inside of you. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, for sure. If, if someone says, well, your business failed. Yeah, it failed because I failed. Mm, that's right so it feels so many I was need feeling. to hear yeah and yeah it can be like sexy to think you just need one more marketing tactic or one different approach of how you're going to launch and so I I know that in your work now you go by you know the highly sensitive CEO and something that you repeat a lot on your website and we'll make sure people know how to get through to your website at the end of this is like finding inner peace and I see you talking a lot about patterns and 
So now you've like shifted into this new chapter and you only want to make offers that feel authentic and really groom people who are willing to invest. But how are you using patterns to find inner peace and how does that tie into what you do with your work now? Yeah. And I knew this would be perfect topic for you because. Right. Routines, um, patterns. How are they different? What do they do? (laughs) Exactly. So um, let's all, let me just say I'm a little bit of a rebel, right? So, and maybe it's a rebel because um because if everyone's like you know when everybody had the Abercrombie shirt in high school that said Abercrombie down the sleeve I I wanted to buy a white shirt that said Walmart just just to like make people (laughs) mad just because like I like you know when you think (laughs) yeah if everyone buys a purse I don't want that purse like I just can't so I have literally tried every single possible a program, bullet journaling, mm. Kanban style, time blocking. I've tried it all. I mean, if, mm. if it exists, I've tried it. Um, and it didn't work because I'm rebellious. <laughs> Let's be honest. I'm rebellious. Yeah. If yeah. I write it down, then I feel like I have to, I have a so high standards for myself. Right. And yeah. so I didn't know how to flow inside of my work and allow for creativity and allow for enjoyment and mm. things that spark my interest. Yeah. And so what I realized in that slowdown of, of COVID is that um, we started practicing um, slow living principles. I'm not sure if you're familiar with slow living, but slow living um, is sort of the concept of like, you know, like home-based, uh, locally grown foods and mm. things like that, um, a slower pace to your lifestyle, um, where you're not, you know, filling it slower shopping, where you're shopping more local or buying less things, um, Mm -hmm. things like that. So we started practicing slow living. And what I realized in that, in that practice of slow living is that I needed to develop patterns. I needed to remember when to go get the fresh produce. I needed to, right. There was much more pattern to being busy than there was when you slow down. It's like, oh, Mm -hmm. you know, this is the day we do the laundry. And it, it was a different approach to sort of just like, oh, everything needs to get done, get it done when it gets done. And then I realized very quickly that patterns could actually work in my business. So to me, patterns are a bit like building blocks, right? And so I can see them, I can see the task or the thing that I need to get done as a block instead of a whole bunch of like lists of things. I can, and patterns sort of go above routine to me, Mm. where routine is like the wash the dishes, do the this, you know, kid from school, blah, blah, blah. The pattern is the step above that. It's the bird's Mm. eye view where it allows for space within that time for me to um, do the thing that makes me most excited right? So what I, what I do in my business is my patterns are a little more fluid in that they're sort of like, I do the hard thing first. What's the hard thing today, right? So a hard thing might be responding to a, an email from a customer that makes me feel a little weird or mm-hmm. uh, saying no to a, to a conference or those are hard. I don't really like doing them or like, it's a lot of work for me to do this research. So I'm going to do this research first. And then I sort of spatter the day with like the next pattern might be something like future things, things that make me excited, things I'm going to do in the future. And so instead of saying, this is the block, I answer emails and this is the block, I do this. Yeah. I sort of have this flow. And then I don't have to spend an hour answering email, which as a rebellious person, if you tell me to spend an hour answering email and be like, yeah, I don't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> where patterns really just say, okay, so a hard thing might be an email, but then a future thing might be an email. And so I can really yeah, allow okay. myself to yeah. sort of flow through and do things at the rate that I wish to do them. Now, when I teach pattern building, I, I teach people to look at the, the subject, right? So for me, it might be make something because I have a second arm that's sort of like the creative arm of my business that allows me to make things. That's really mm. where my creativity comes out. My intention comes out. Yeah. So I, um, I'll, I have a section of pattern that says make something, go make something. Mm. Yeah. And that really gives me the space to think about recipes or think about design or whatever. And then yeah. I might come back and write something, right? Yeah. So I write something and that allows me to, and I realize that like, if you're looking at it from that perspective, mm -hmm. um, you might go, well, that doesn't make any sense. You know, like I can't, that doesn't give me enough rules. And if you're the kind of person that needs those rules, mm -hmm. then you could write, write something and be spe specific about what hey. you're going to write. Right, launch sometimes, emails. Or, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I do that. I need that. And sometimes I just need the freedom. It also mm -hmm. tells me that I can take a half hour to write something if that's all it's going to take me. Yeah. Or I can take an hour or an hour and a half to write something instead of trying to stay in a specific schedule. Mm. What this does is uh, for me, is it allows me as a highly sensitive person to, to notice right? Mm -hmm. Notice what's working and notice what's not working. I don't do really well if I spend all day on social media because it's just mm -hmm. too much. I just collect too many people's stuff. Um, and so for me, if I just have a time where I can check in on social media, maybe it's 20 minutes and maybe it's an hour because I'm actually having a conversation or mm -hmm. learning something. Great. Um, or maybe it's, you know, maybe it's not at all that day. I can just yeah. let it go. Um, and that really allows me to kind of flow around through, um, you know, how I best perform in the day. And mm -hmm. I'll be really honest, I get so much more done yeah. than just like a strict routine where I'm like, eh, I don't feel like doing that today. And then I feel lazy and I feel like I'm right. not doing anything. Right. Patterns really allow me the opportunity to just like breathe into the next thing or even pass it over. If it really isn't matching with what I want or I don't have clarity on it, I can let yep. it go and I can pass it on and say, let's flow on to the next thing. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. and something that I'm hearing that I love is that you're really listening day to day to your intuition of paying attention to your business. Like I'm sure if there's something that's urgent or has a deadline, that's going to be the hard thing. And so you, you're trusting that throughout the course of the week, you're going to have enough blocks of time of doing the hard thing that the things that have to get done are going to get done, but it's also mm -hmm. saying like there's other aspects of your business other than putting out fires exactly. or like doing the hard, the hard thing. If you did exactly. all of the hard things in one day, your energy might be so low that you don't want to create the next day, but yeah. you're giving like pockets. So here's my seven steps to a day. This yeah. is how okay. I run my day. Take some the, hard, <laughs> the hard things are first, right? Get up, okay. do the hard thing first. Okay. Then I do things I want to do, the want things, right? So these are the things I'm excited about creating. The next thing is mundane things because I hate mundane things. That's the rebellious. I, you know, the taxes and the receipt filing and the, like the, the spreadsheet adding, I hate that stuff, yeah. right? So I do it quickly before I do future things, which are like exciting new projects oh, or like like a little reward your business right and then I do social things which are like 
um, you know, get online or call and network with someone or set up a interview or, you know, whatever that social thing is, then I prep things. So I've learned obviously that like when I prepare for the next day, we do this with our kids too. That was how the pattern started was I'll ask them every night before bed. What do you, what did you do today for, to prepare yourself for success tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and now my yeah. kids even have like a, um, uh, like notification that'll pop up that'll says prepare yourself for success. And so that's mm-hmm. like their, and so they'll get their book bags ready or they'll, you know, make sure that they're ready for school or put their outfits in the bathroom, whatever their thing is. Yeah. Um, and so I started implementing that in my business. What do I need to prepare for the rest of this week? So it could mm-hmm. be simple things like gather the supplies I need, place the order. It could be things like um, make sure that I've checked in with my contracts or my clients or, mm-hmm. um, or that this is also things like scheduling your social media right? Prepare things for yourself. And then I check things. So I'm a bad checker. Like, let's be honest. Like I like, I'll let things go and I just won't, but this is like editing that blog post or double checking that you did everything that you needed to do and you know, whatever. So if I follow that pattern, it doesn't matter how long it takes me. I could get done with my workday in three hours, or I could be six hours just depending on what I need to get accomplished, right? So let's say, for example, future things might be a couple new blog posts, right? I might Mm -hmm. sit and write a couple new blog posts. um, And those are are all working towards this end goal without so much structure that makes me feel like I'm going to freak out and and not get anything done. I absolutely love this. I feel like finding, you know, the words pattern and routine and rituals, like it's really finding, like I am someone... I'm similar that if I, I used to resist using a calendar because it felt like, well, then I have to do things. And then I started using a calendar in a different way that makes me feel like I have more free time and more Mm -hmm. ability to be present. And so if anybody's listening to this and is like, I like the concept of routines, but how Kelly's talking about patterns that jives with me more. That's why we bring on. And I don't think there's anything wrong with routine, right? Like Cause I'll be all, I will always tell you my failures and my number yeah. one failure is consistency. Yeah. I can produce something beautiful right away. Okay. Like mm. I could sit down and create something beautiful. That's why my business grew so fast. Right. Yeah. But I am terrible at the things that require consistency. Yeah. So if you put on my routine to check my email at 10 o'clock every day, I won't do it. I promise yeah. you right now, I won't do it. But if I have freedom to flow within, you know, I am checking an email or whatever, and then I'm going to go do this other thing or whatever, then I'm way less likely to feel rebellious. And what happens in that situation is it creates sort of an agreed upon consistency. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like I agree like an octopus with all these like legs going out and you're like, I know I'm going to touch all the things over the course of the day or the week. And so you don't Mm -hmm. have to stress about like what time certain things are happening. And it allows me to to be a little bit more intentional with what the thing is that I'm going to do. Yeah. Right. Like I've tried in my making world to, um, to make a production list. Like I'm going to produce this thing on this day. Mm. Every I can never do them. I can't do them because when I go to produce it, that's not what's coming out of me. It's like, I want to make this other thing, you know? And so there's nothing wrong with you on in that moment. You're just having creative inspiration in a different way. Exactly. And so I think that's one thing that we um, actually, if you study this a little bit more, you go into the concept of sensitivity and you go in the concept of socialization, the things that make us 
um, that I should feeling, mm-hmm. I should this, I should be that, I should be able to do this. The, all the shoulds that we collect over our lifetime yeah. is a, a result of socialization, right? Yeah. Um, these are the things that you were socialized and conditioned to do either by your parents, by your society, your school, your teachers, your spouses, whatever, right? But the thing about socialization is originally um, socializing was actually about connecting with your own family, your own group of people. And for a short period in time, socialize the word was actually negative. It was used as Mm. going, having to go out. Right. Right. And then it wasn't until the, you know, mid 1800s where the social circles, the socialites took the word social and said, this is a social event. And then they started putting some shoulds behind what it meant to be social. Right. Right. And now today, just the etymology of the word in general, general means that you're required as a parent to socialize your child to their particular culture and environment, right? Mm -hmm. Now, what if we weren't ever socialized? Also, the word sensitive changed at the same time that the word socialize changed as a result of the industrial revolution, because that guy or that girl couldn't hold up to the nine to five work day. They're more fascinating. And so it's almost like, oh, you're, you know, that sensitive flower that's going to wilt. And like that, you're what I'm hearing you saying is that wasn't the initial. That's no, the original, the the original term sensitive had something to do with how your nervous system reacted to stimuli, which is true. That's why it just is RHSC because their nervous system, their amygdala, their, um, you know, gene makeup literally is more sensitive, has more responders than other people, Mm -hmm. um, than less sensitive people. Everyone is sensitive to a certain degree. It just depends on where you're at on the spectrum of sensitivity sensitivity, right? Um, and, and then of course your experiences play a role in that. But as far as the history and the understanding of the word sensitive and understanding myself as a sensitive person, I have to say the world is not set up for me to be sensitive. So I have to create yeah. a world in which I can be sensitive and be okay with that. And yeah. that's in my business. It's in my life. It's in my friendships and my relationships yeah. and in everything that I do. And so what's really fascinating is that the pull of socialization makes mm-hmm. us feel that that's not okay. But it's so true. Those rules yeah. are my son is written two and a half by someone in the 1800s. Right. We're like, <laughs> should we be yeah. socializing him more? You know, we plan to homeschool and it's like, well, what is the balance? And it's like socializing him to what? Socializing him to numb himself out because he's only two and a half, but I can tell he feels big like me, like empath absorbs energy and I can just feel it. And so it's like, do I want to just numb him out to that? Like what is socialization for a highly sensitive person might be very different from someone who like craves that stimuli because there are people who crave it. Our problem in in the society that we live in today and in the social situations, and let's be really honest, yeah, entrepreneurship is like 70% social, right? Yeah. It's about who you know, it's who you can connect with. It's about doing things like this, being on some mm-hmm. cool person's podcast. Um, it's about getting to do this collaboration, yeah. right? It's all about connecting yourself to other people. That, that is literally how the web, mm-hmm. how the internet works, connecting yeah your business to other businesses, right? So we, we are forced, forced, literally forced to uh, put ourselves in a position that makes sensitive people feel vulnerable. 
There's just, there's just no other way to do it. And so, and then if we don't do those things, then, then the way that we're doing it is not just wrong. It's, you're never going to build a business that way. It's never going to work for you. It's blah, blah, blah. Like, and so we've created all of these literally unfounded rules to what it means to not only be an entrepreneur, but what it means to be a sensitive business person. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in the corporate space, right? These people go to work and pretend all day long that they're not sensitive to the overhead lights. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. Or whatever. And so they just go about their day pretending and then they come home and they either fall out, like they're exhausted and they can't manage their regular life, or they go until they crash, right? Or we find ourselves just completely avoiding like our whatever's or overachieving in order to, you know, um, manage what we're feeling. Mm -hmm. So the the value and just literally accepting as an entrepreneur that I'm highly sensitive and that the world around me is different is that I, I get, like you said, I get to have inner peace anywhere all the time, no matter what state my business is in, no matter what state my nervous system is in, I can sit down and find inner peace Mm -hmm. at any time. And that is not something I think that we as a society value. Yeah. We want it. We all want it and we'll do whatever we can to get it, but we don't value it. Yeah. Well, and it, it, it was during the pandemic that I came across the term highly sensitive person as well. And, and I think bought maybe a similar book, if not the same one with the quiz and was like, what, this is me. Like I felt so (laughs) seen and so heard, like there's other people that say these things. And so if listeners are curious, because some of the listeners might be like, oh, I am HSP. Thank you for bringing Kelly on. And some might be like, oh, maybe I'm not just like sensitive. Maybe there's actually some accommodations I can make. I know that you have a quiz on your website. And so I'd love to take the next couple of minutes, talk us through the quiz and what people could learn from it. And also uh, the reset center that you have that might be a good step for people to take if they want some more of what you provide. Yeah. So there's a quiz on our website. It's just my name, kellydav.com backslash quiz. It's super simple. It's just, are you a highly sensitive CEO? Um, Now I will say this, there are a couple actual um, like personality tests for just HSP. Um, HSP or highly sensitive person is also called sensory processing sensitivity in the, you know, psychology world. Mm -hmm. So you might see that come up. There's a couple of tests. There's there's one called the SPS scale. Okay. And that is developed by Elaine Aaron, who's the one who sort of did the studies and presented HSP. And then there's also uh, tests just for HSP the personal and trait HSP um, at hsperson.com. So those are like your first, what I did is I took all of that content and I made, turned it into how does HSP show up in my business? So you might see you. So, and this doesn't exist other places. So what you're going to do is you're going to look at those traits and you're going to say, how does this relate to business? I did that because I knew how my traits related to my business and you can take that quiz really easily and it will give you sort of an understanding of where you are in the scale. Now, if, uh, let's, let me just really quick say, if you have nailed yourself with a hammer into taking on some kind of task and you've gotten really good at it, right? You might not test 
high on a sensitivity area. Okay. Mm. For example, I work in the event industry. So a lot of people I have worked in the event industry. So a lot of people that have taken the quiz are event professionals. Right. And Mm. they're like, oh, but, but I'm not overwhelmed by details. (laughs) <laughs> right uh, well that's because they've learned they flex that themselves. muscle so much yeah, yeah. you yeah. use that muscle right so just as you look at it ask yourself mm. like is this true about me or is this something that I have created ask yourself in your business do I get easily overwhelmed by external stimuli sure. um okay. do I do I um have too many have I do I overcreate? do I overthink do I write some of these things as you go mm. through the quiz you'll find that they show themselves in your business but that you'll see them about yourself as well yeah. okay yeah. um so you definitely can go and if you if you feel like you go through that quiz and you're like eh, I don't know go take the others and then think how are these things connected mm. to my business Love um that. most people who take them are like they're you know they maybe are lower in just a few areas I actually believe that um, HSP is more of a spectrum than it is like a yes or no situation it's not a it's more like a dial so some people are going to be more sensitive like um, more empathic able to pick up on energies more easily and some people are um, you know either conditioned to tune things out or, you know, and so you're going to be on that spectrum somewhere, um, mm-hmm. depending on what you're, so for me, when I take, you know, even the SPS um, test, I was like 97%, right? But that's only because caffeine doesn't really bother me, mm-hmm. but I grew up on soda. So there's right. a very real like possibility yeah. that my body just doesn't process caffeine the same way other mm. people do, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, so just be, just be like really aware as you're looking through to peel back sort of a little layer of that and ask yourself, like, is this actually impacting my business or have I just taught myself how to overcome it? Right. Mm -hmm. And that sort of that first set, uh, awareness space, Mm -hmm. you know, drawing awareness to these things that we sort of use the coping mechanisms that we use to cover things is really, um, the first step and sort of resetting and getting yourself back in track. Mm. So um, then you asked about the reset center. A lot of people, after they take that quiz, they're ready to go into the reset center. It's full of tools, interviews, conversation. That's where I do community and where I do, you know, sort of nurturing of people and conversation. And we also do like seasonal challenges and interactive activities and meetings. And that is only, it's only a one-time time $19. And I do that because everyone that's involved in the community then stays involved and they want to be involved. And we're constantly putting new resources and new activities um, into the reset center. And that really allows people to, you know, make a small investment into a a future change. Mm. Um, And that really honestly makes such a huge difference in how everyone shows up. I love that. Well, I will make sure to put into the show notes, a link over to the quiz and to the reset center. And I'm going to be devouring some of the freebies that Kelly has up on her website. And, and now, you know, some of the story and the backstory of why she's running the business. Like she is, I always think it's really fascinating because you can look at somebody's website and business and be like, Oh my gosh, this is such a cool model, or this is different than what I see, but then understanding why, and that you truly can make accommodations for whether you are empathic, introverted, intuitive, highly sensitive, and to be able to say, I get to, instead of I have to run my business the way everybody else is, 
because yeah. you might be comparing yourself to an extrovert who like thrives and loves, uh, you know, speaking on stages and doesn't have kids at home or like you don't know people's backstory. And so I think it's really helpful to to hear the backstory and know that you are you deconstructed. Now you have reconstructed and you're moving forward to help so many people. And I just love the mission and the heart of what you're doing. So thank you so much for yeah. being here for this interview. And if there's other ways that we can help people together, I just, I'm here for it. I love it. I love what you're doing. And people can make sure to go follow you over on Instagram at the highly sensitive CEO, which I'll also put down in the show notes. I'll hook you up <laughs> in the bottom of the show notes so you can go over and, and follow what she's doing. But thank you so much for being on today, Kelly. You're going to add great value for the listeners tuning in. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. It really means a lot to me to have you part of this community. Make sure to tune in every Tuesday and subscribe to your Routine Queen podcast wherever you typically listen to podcasts so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Remember, routines and rituals are your friend and part of the path to the next level version of you that is already calling in the business and life that you desire and deserve. See you on the next one.